Welcome to the greatest discovery. It's a Star Trek Discovery podcast from the makers of the Greatest Generation. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. And uh, when Star Trek Discovery isn't on TV, and it's in between season one and season two, we like to talk about the news, sort of the hot stove league of Star Trek Discovery podcasts, I guess, right? Like, uh, in the I don't know what that- the hot stove league is. <laughs> Really? That's a that's a term that you use about baseball when baseball is not being played. That's oh. uh, that's like the rumor mill. Gotcha. That's uh, that's gossip about teams and players. That's what this is, right? I uh, you're much more of a sporto than I am, so you know mm-hmm. you know these terms, and I don't. Uh, when I we think were... just by looking at us, you'd be able to tell that, right? <laughs> yeah, you're much much more of an athletic bearing. Yeah. Um, I uh, was in a, a rideshare at one point when we were just on tour. I think we were in, I want to say we were in uh, Detroit, and I uh, we we were missing a piece of equipment. It got left at the previous venue, and I had to mm-hmm. race to some electronic store to replace it before our show. And I got in a rideshare, and the guy driving the car had like a one of those like extra big cell phones clamped like he had one for navigating but he had a second extra big cell phone that was just showing a live broadcast of guys in you know in suits talking about the college football uh, uh. prospects that were happening you know it was like it was not like a, a game even that was being televised <laughs> it was guys talking about college football and just guys hot stoving each other. He was watching this show. Like, it was, you know, one of those, like, ESPN style, you know, in the studio with the desk yeah. talking about, yeah. oh, if they if they don't trade for that guy, they're, they're going to be screwed when it comes to the playoffs or whatever. Like, I don't know what they talk about on sports shows, but <laughs> wow, he was driving around watching this. And... Like, from the moment you got into the vehicle, it had been playing, so it wasn't like you, you started rolling and he turned it on and he was like, hey... Uh, Care to watch something with me? <laughs> wow. And no, then what did you do? I uh, I white-knuckled it, because I was, you know, I think if if time had not quite been of the essence, if I had been, uh, if I had been a little bit more at liberty uh, to to speak up, I would have said something, but... You know, we had a show, and if this guy had, like, you know, stranded me, that was going to cost me minutes that I didn't have to burn uh, in, in calling another car. Stranded in Detroit is a is a movie that you could sell in the room, yeah. based on the title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Pretty wild shit. But, yeah, that's us. We're the, we, we are that show that that guy was watching, but about Star Trek. So, did you... Uh, one star him? I one starred him. It's the first time I've ever done that. I've never given anything less than five. Yeah, I've never done that before. Like, does your does your app stop working? <laughs> <laughs> it uh, instead of like good good driver friendly conversation, clean car. It gives you like what could this driver improve on as as buttons. And then there was a little note section, and I wrote in the note section, this man was watching television while driving. 
and wow. uh, they emailed me and said like the safety team has been alerted and like that's something we don't condone at all so man uh, yeah that's i don't i, I don't want to like t- come for that guy's living but he put my life at risk he put his own life at risk and everybody else on the road you know yeah i think where safety is involved i think i think that's the right play it you know what like hearing the story makes me think about just the the size of the bowls of shit that you and i will eat for the <laughs> sake of not being confrontational like because i yeah. i don't think i would have acted any differently in your situation <laughs> and if you had taken the urgency off the table again i don't think i would have done anything i would have been fine just going wherever with this guy ben the worst one of the worst lift drivers i ever had was in barf car did i ever tell you the barf car story no i don't know i don't know if i heard the barf car story i called a lift it was at the end of a a night of hanging out with friends and going out to bars and a nice lady pulls up in in a merc mount <laughs> like I'm, I'm almost positive it was a merc mount and i thought it was odd that there were blankets all over the back seat and then i as soon as I oh that's just the, a, that comes standard in every merc mount is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that uh is that the luxury package yeah they're uh, they're wool blankets if you if you get the upgrade man i as soon as i closed the door behind me i knew i knew i was in for trouble because it was like the the breathe through your mouth mm. amount of yeah. vomit smell oh. that that like an effort had been made to clean it up, but you need to take that car off the road uh, before putting it back into service. That's a night ender, for sure. And uh, you could probably guess how I treated that situation, Ben. Uh, I didn't say anything about it. I took the <laughs> ride all the way home, and I fucking four out of five starred that person because I felt bad for them. It me. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Every New Yorker has the experience of waiting for a train and like the train comes and it pulls into the station and every car is crowded but one you're like, why is nobody on this one? Oh, well, I guess I'll be on it. And then you walk on and you find out that some some bodily function has taken place on that car. That the doors open and it's like a shining amount of, of like blood pours yeah, out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wow. So uh, I've been there, done that. Um, and you you went into that subway car? Oh yeah, I mean everybody everybody falls for that once. Like there's yeah, no yeah. there's no not learning that the hard way. Like if you see a car that is too empty to be plausible, that oh, that so car you, is empty for a reason. And you don't even go into the empty car. No, you go like the first time you go in because you think it's this is a great deal for you. But then you know as a wow. as an experienced rail rider when you see that car you go something's wrong there not going Hmm. in like there's going to be like a body when i turn the corner and look for a seat you know you're an experienced railman yeah Ben. that's why i like riding the subway with you you know where i should go adam let's uh what is it stovepipe stovepipe baseball (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what it is it's hot stove it's hot stove league on uh, on the greatest discovery today, Ben. You want to pinch off a hot loaf on the greatest discovery? <laughs> hot loaf league. There's some exciting news that I just uh, came across on the internet. We're going to talk about comic book later on the show, but I oh, that's to right. Talk- we're due for comic book, aren't we? We are due. 
dude, there is uh, some actual content coming up. There are going to be four short episodes of uh, that's set in the Discovery universe coming out on uh, CBS All Access starting this fall, like maybe starting this month even. Real, I think that's great. Like the, I do not like waiting for season two. And yeah. this is a nice little, uh, what do you call this? This is an, this is an amuse-bouche? An amuse-bouche, yeah, a little, uh, a, little, uh, a little snack to tide us over. You look like you are hungry! <laughs> for Star Trek Discovery Season 2! <laughs> the chef has sent this over to you! <laughs> because you ordered the duck a l'orange and it is taking a much longer to cook! <laughs> than previously anticipated. <laughs> this is why we ask. You call 24 hours ahead for the duck a la rouge. <laughs> um, I think that they announced that these short treks were happening at like San Diego Comic-Con and somehow I totally yeah. missed that news. But Michael Shabon, the, uh, the beloved Pulitzer Prize winning author, uh, went went on uh, Instagram and you know posts a picture of himself sitting in the captain's chair, saying like, "Hey, I uh, I happen to write a short episode for these short treks," and uh, I basically could not be more excited because he's one of my favorite authors. I uh, you're a real Shabon head. Uh, I love Yiddish Policeman's Union. I loved uh, Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Like there, he's written some really fantastic books. Are you able to make any predictions on what what kind of story this might be? They talk about it a little bit. They say um, it's uh, it's about a character that finds himself alone on a ship, uh, and there's there's four of these episodes being made. Uh, let's see, one of them, uh, the one that Shabon wrote, stars uh, Aldous Hodge, who's a terrific actor. Um, there's one about Tilly. There's one about Saru. Mm. And um, the last one has Rain Wilson in it, so uh, a Harry Mudd episode. And they're like 10 to 15-minute shorts that are uh, all set within the discover Discoveriverse. <laughs> oh, Aldous Hodge played uh, MC Ren in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, he's great. I like that movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm really excited about it. And, and apparently Shabon is going to be involved in the Patrick Stewart old Picard show as well and i don't i don't <laughs> Are know we calling it old picard yeah i don't know if i can think of a creative being attached to that show that would get me more excited than that because i think that shabon has like a great a great understanding of genre but also like writes about real you know real feelings and uh real you know there's there's great amounts of pathos and and emotion in his work and i think that that's uh, a lot of what i'm going to be looking for in that in that picard series yeah so uh pretty in exciting this old news. picard yeah <laughs> now when you're looking to prop up a legacy science fiction series <laughs> you're gonna want to take your most beloved character <laughs> and sign him to a short-term contract we're using turpentine to strip this down to the boards <laughs> and bring back that beautiful wood finish that it would have had originally. 
your older actors might have warped <laughs> in the intervening years from the last film to the present day. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's all. I mean, there's there's been a bunch of news, and uh, I don't know that we're like the breaking news podcast that nah. people are turning to, but I. I, uh, I would We're never going to be that timely. We're no. just going to talk about the news that interests us. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm super fucking pumped for Shaban Star Trek crossover. Yeah. That is a hot, hot stove there, Ben. Yeah. My friend uh, did a lot of drama stuff in high school, and his drama teacher was Steve Shaban, Michael Shaban's brother. <laughs> so I met Steve Shaban one time. Michael Shabon's the author of Wonder Boys. Yeah. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> it's not Wonder Boys. Is it not? No. It's what? Like finding Forrester or something. <laughs> what's, uh, what's Wonder Boys? Wonder oh, Boys yeah. Is, uh, Wonder Boys is with uh, uh, Michael Douglas. Spider-Man and Michael Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone likes You're the Man Now, Doug, though. Yeah. No matter what movie you're talking about, always welcome. Our first podcast idea was uh, was a documentary podcast, and we were going to call it You're the Man Now, Doc. <laughs> Remember? Boy, that would have been wildly popular. <laughs> I doubt we would have been able to tour behind that one. I don't know, Adam. I think, uh, I think people love documentaries, and, and they're right to. But come on. I mean, I think we, I think we chose the correct source material for a show. I agree. I agree. I love our show. Yeah, our show's pretty good. Adam, do you want to uh, get into this comic book? Let's pivot to comic, Ben. It's been a little while since we talked about uh, Star Trek Discovery Succession, the series, uh, and where we left off was, uh, was book number three. It was the big cliffhanger before the final episode. When we last left our Mirror Universe heroes, uh, Emperor Fuckboy had stopped the coup by Michael Burnham, Admiral Bob, and Amanda Grayson. Yeah. And, and killed Amanda in the process. And then uh, Captain Aram uh, is piloting the Shenzhou in orbit above Earth. She's like taking the ship hostage because she can emit gas at any time that would, uh, that would kill people, but her head can yeah. turn into a gas mask. Yeah, she's got a gas weapon, and uh, her finger's on the button. Hovering over that button. Oh, damn! Let the window down! We start in in, in the midst of a monologue of uh, Emperor Fuckboy saying why the Terran Empire is so is so powerful, you know? And, and it's like they, they have turned science into, into an evil enterprise, uh, and, uh, you know... They're all about developing technology that will advance power and and knowledge. And you get a frame up top that shows something that I don't think we ever see in Star Trek, which is like three Connies lined up. Like, show me all the Constitution class ships. Yeah, all together. Are those? Uh, are those? What are those discs? Are they shooting? Are they shooting, or is that just like stuff they're warping past? Uh, it kind of looks like uh, like. Warpy blobs. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you got a little warpy blob on your shirt there. Do you want to change before uh, before yeah. we go out? Yeah, I think that's what it's got to be. But they look tough together. Like, one Constitution-class ship by itself 
is pretty cool, but three together look badass. You know, for all of the, like, naval metaphors that Starfleet is given, mm-hmm. you rarely see, like, the Armada. You right. never see, like, the... Like in a, in a naval parlance, like the the fleet or the flotilla, it's they're they're mostly single ship to single ship combat. Yeah, it's a shame. Why is that? I don't know. You occasionally see like a bunch of ships gang up on the Enterprise, but it's never the Enterprise and a bunch of ships ganging up on anybody else. Yeah, I guess Wolf three five nine just like taught them the wrong lesson. Yeah, I really like how this issue does a lot more voiceover, I think, than the other issues. And you know it's voiceover because the dialogue's in a squared-off box instead of a roundy. <laughs> but they do that uh, to transition between scenes and settings, too. Yeah. Like, you'll get the voiceover of the scene to come right? Uh, in the scene that you're leaving, and that is a... I mean, that's a film technique yeah, right that's there. Yeah, that's an S-edit. Yeah, it's great. I love those. Yeah. So that everybody's kind of on their knees. Amanda Grayson's body is uh, dripping blood. When we cut to Emperor Fuckboy monologuing at them, he's just standing in the puddle of blood that yeah. is flowing out of Amanda Grayson. And uh, it's Michael Burnham, uh, Cole, and Lorel uh, in shackles with Admiral Bob and Emperor Fuckboy and a couple of guards uh, holding weapons on them. And. Uh, it's Lorel that actually turns this situation around because she is very, very strong and breaks through the shackles. You got to know better if you are the Terran Empire about the tensile strength of those shackles, right? Yeah, I mean, he's just been ranting about how they're so advanced in science and weaponry, and then they don't know how to make a good enough shackle that a Klingon can't break it. This is really dumb shit. I mean, the Klingons have been enslaved for many years at this point. You'd think the shackle technology would be commensurate with with that amount of time. Yeah, maybe um, maybe they had they have good shackles for Klingons on Kronos, but they just they were like, oh, "What do we got here? Uh, I guess we're just gonna have to do with these, right?" Yeah, I guess so. These are just people shackles. <laughs> All I got are these uh, fuzzy handcuffs from <laughs> from the nightstand and fuckboy suite. Yeah, and he and he like really just bought them for novelty purposes. Like yeah. like he's never been able to convince anybody to actually do anything with those. With him, they don't even have a key. Yeah, he's like a he's like a ruthless murdering emperor. But like when he suggests they do a little of that kind of play, people are right. like literally laughing in his face. Yeah, <laughs> he's a real dope. Yeah, and uh, he gets what he deserves. He gets, uh, you know, uh, Cole goes for the the guards, and Laurel, uh, you know, gets that knife out of out of his hand and gets the knife onto his neck. Um, he uh, <laughs> he he yells at the guards like, "Do whatever she says." And yeah, the like drop has been gotten. Kind of a lot of people die in this room, like between the last issue and this issue. Yeah, because. Burnham kills Admiral Bob and then kills Emperor Fuckboy in the span of like 30 seconds. Yeah, this is like, this is a very, very bloody issue of this comic. Like, it's, uh, it started bloody and it just gets bloodier and bloodier all the way through. It seems like every page is one character betraying another, you know? Yeah. You know, he makes a bargain to like let the Klingons go. You know, your your freedom for my life and Burnham is suddenly rioting for 
uh, hey, actually, I'm the emperor now, and you're you're free to. That's a deal you made with the last guy. I'm not going to honor it, but you guys can be uh, governors or whatever. There is a Mametian amount of double crossing <laughs> happening here too. Like the idea is, is that, that a, is that like a unit, like a mammoth of double crosses? Like yeah, a, like a murder of crows. It would it be Mametian? I don't know. <laughs> it came as a pretty big surprise to me when Burnham takes out Admiral Bob, a who, motherfucker of double crosses. Yeah. Like they had, uh, they had been buds up until now. Like, and and Burnham had needed Bob throughout. Yeah. But as soon as as soon as Bob starts talking about like convening a council of governors to choose a new emperor, I think that's like that was the tipping point. Yeah. Burnham can't allow that. Like, not Doug. <laughs> yeah. Like this is not going to be a democratically elected leader at this point. I mean, I think that the lesson here is if you're in the Terran Empire and you don't have physical leverage on anybody on somebody like you can't you can't trust them you know yeah like you can never like nobody is ever trustable to do anything unless you literally like arium have your finger hovering over the button yeah and god like before they know it they're like ankle deep in blood and rising yeah arium uh swears fealty to the new emperor you know, she does the uh, does the hologram into the bridge of the Shenzo, and uh, it seems like Arium is is going to be trustworthy. Yeah, I mean, but we've learned too much to to believe that, right? And the Klingons are are trusting Michael Burnham at this point. Burnham's like, "Hey, thanks for the assist, guys. Uh, I'm going to have Arium drop you off at Kronos." I know this uh, is wh- quite n- not quite the good deal that you thought it was going to be, but you know, at least you're not dead or whatever. Yeah. How can anything be trusted in any at any time here? I guess that's the disbelief suspension you need to have in order yeah. to be interested in this story, I guess, right? I wonder does this get super boring after a while? I mean, like if we if we couldn't have like a whole comic series about this cuz it just it's obvious anytime somebody is going to extend trust, it's going to be it's going to be double crossed, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this is one thing that the Mirror Broken series does. I think that series handles this double crossing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think due in large part because it isn't on every other page. Like right. there is a lot of dialoguing and scheming and planning without a lot of people getting killed. Yeah. I think it also has a little bit more space to breathe. Like yeah. this just being a series of four comic books doesn't uh you know they they really have to come fast and furious with the concluding ideas in this in this issue to answer your question i'm not bored by it i i think it's fun and i'm just saying like it's fun in isolation but in yeah like you couldn't do like the follow-up series to this i feel like without really run out of bodies yeah (laughs) Yeah. because because like the inauguration ceremony or whatever the coronation ceremony, sure, where Michael Burnham becomes the uh, the fascist dictator of the Terran Empire, and instead of uh, instead of fireworks, hey, there's a lot of these discs here, Ben. I'm wondering if that's what those uh, those ships were shooting on page one. Oh yeah, it's They're confetti. confetti. <laughs> uh, instead of fireworks, they get uh, they get like stinky cheese gas, and suddenly Arium's head turns into a into a helmet again. Yeah, they get pig pen to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it looks like one of the you know like in a in an old cartoon where a character smells cheese and like floats through the air toward it because they're so yeah. enraptured by the smell this is pretty gruesome uh the series of frames here yeah it, they almost look like they're getting zombified with all the like yeah all the teeth sent against yeah, the like, blood I think this gas has removed people's eyelashes and eyelids and and lips. Yeah. I think that's what it targets first, right? Yeah, and the uh it's just like a black dot on on white on their eyes, yeah. like no color anymore. And That uh, wide shot is striking too, just thousands of bodies. Yeah. Aram takes the crown from Burnham and has ascended to the throne. The thing is like this gas isn't planet-wide. This is like a localized drop of the gas here so it's they, a, a tactical strike yeah she grabs the crown off of michael burnham's head and there she is on the dais with two klingons and no other alive people this crown has got to be uh, a snapback right because if this is a pro back crown i don't think i don't think she's going to be able to fit it around her mask like after taking it off of burnham right maybe her head can be reconfigured in the and the crown can't you know <laughs> yeah I mean, this crown is changing hands a lot, like, in the last couple of days, so I think it's probably loosened up pretty well, too. Yeah, it's it's really well broken in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they say that there's been four emperors in the span of a week or whatever, so uh, maybe you have to make that snapback just, just for economic reasons. Yeah, and uh, boy, you get to see helmetless... Captain Aram, or now Emperor Aram, and uh, it's a lot like the whole reveal of Darth Vader's head without his helmet. Like, yeah. pretty grisly stuff happening uh, beneath the hat. Yeah, the Klingons are like, what the hell is wrong with you? And she's like... <laughs> Even the Klingons are grossed out by yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen Loaf, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. She's just as power-hungry as any Terran, but also has a real resentment on because they've uh, they've never considered her to be a a full equal of them. It's interesting how like Klingon honor plays in the Terran universe versus in the mirror universe versus uh, in the prime universe because like in prime universe I feel like there's Klingon honor is is treated as kind of like an orthodoxy that is like old fashioned and strict and whatever potentially causes big problems yeah but in the mirror universe there's that kind of that sense of honor makes them seem uh like they have more humanity right they're than, more civilized than the yeah than the terrans cole and laurel are are pretty horrified at what they've seen here <laughs> they're like hey so uh, are you still gonna take us back to chronos <laughs> or whatever is the deal still on i don't think it is they get to be governors. Yeah. I mean, they're probably not getting a lot of sleep on the Shenzo no. uh, during that trip, right? Yeah. Every time they hear like an air conditioner kick on, <laughs> the air starts blowing. They're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> there is no doubt that they're going to stick the do not disturb sign on the door yeah. of their quarters. Hard to imagine that uh, that type of sign gets gets given much respect in the Terran Empire, though. Yeah. Yeah, you know they're doing a lot of laundry on the Shenzo. They're yeah. they're giving you turn down service whether you like it or not. <laughs> the epilogue is uh, m- much similar to the end of Discovery, the television series. Little uh, little moment with the Enterprise. 
the ISS Enterprise, Christopher Pike's captain's log, whatever was going on back at home, like the Enterprise is doing what it was supposed to do the entire time, same mission for the Enterprise. He's like uh, cautiously excited about their new emperor. Yeah, I mean, they're just... They're just a cog in the machine, right? How does it work with Spock being a first officer, given the racist tendencies <laughs> of the of the Empire? I don't know. Because, like, the other, like, his mom is a resistance fighter. The other Vulcans hate the Empire. His dad's a resistance fighter, right? That didn't we be... see? Uh, didn't we see Sarek and he was like in in the tents on that resistance planet? You're listing a lot of reasons why Spock should be hated and uh, and outcast and not trusted. No, but they see that they see that goatee and they're like, "Yeah, you're one of us." <laughs> I see that goatee. Yeah, you wouldn't have that facial hair if you weren't one of us. Yeah. So, what do you think, Ben? As as the fourth and final issue of this run winds to a close, uh, did you like this series of comic books? I did. I had a lot of fun reading it. Uh, I liked the artwork a lot, and yeah. uh, I liked. I, th- I thought it was a, a, a pretty fun story. Like, I think, I, I think you have to rise to a certain level with a mirror universe story to get my attention because it's not, it's not where I personally would like to hang out most of the time. Yeah, but it's uh, it's fun to see like how much thought has been put into like how that universe works in. In the context of Discovery, because, I mean, there's a lot of crosstalk between these books and Discovery. These are really fast reads. I I don't know if 20 pages is the average of a comic book these days, but uh, I really feel like you could crush these in an hour, like the whole series, and derive some great enjoyment from the series. I'm into it. I'm into it as well. We should, uh, what would you say about doing the mirror broken series on this show as we as we keep cruising through the hot stove league of of star trek well there's other disco comics that i'm curious about there's one about stamets i think that is supposed to be i think it might be by the same team oh yeah we should do that because it's a star trek discovery show that we're doing yeah i mean and also we've got those uh, i mean we're gonna have to do episodes about those short treks i think oh yeah so uh, thank you so much to the folks at CBS for giving us anything to do. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> Seems like we've got plenty of time. So uh, let's, uh, we'll, do, we'll do more comics. We'll do more news. We'll, uh, we'll watch short treks. We've got a lot to do. It's going to be your favorite every two-week Star Trek podcast. That's for sure. What do you think of when you think of male grooming? Maybe it's a sharp haircut and a little bit of product, or a bit of the old beard wax twisted into the ends of a mustache. Maybe it's a shower, a shave, a little spritz of fragrance. Me? I think of shaving my nuts. And not just my nuts, all around those nuts. I'm talking all around those nuts. And this form of male grooming is hard to do when your junk looks like a log of Play-Doh rolled through a dustpan in a barber shop. It's wrinkly, it's wriggly, nothing stays in place, and it's the one area where you don't want to have an accident. That's why I'm glad we're sponsored by the spring cleaning champions at Manscaped. They sent me their brand new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It's 
their fifth generation trimmer, featuring two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little bit off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. They also sent me an extra-large Manscaped t-shirt, which I will never wear, but it was nice of them to do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in your pants. I have tried so many meal services over the years. After all, I am a podcast host. And I gotta tell you, Factor Meals is my favorite. Why? Because I can go from what am I going to have for dinner to eating a great dinner in exactly two minutes with Factor Meals. And don't sleep on their smoothies either. I got six of these in the box this week. Mango, tropical fruit, strawberry or banana. They're all amazing. They're like meal supplements I can enjoy while I'm on the go. Head to factormeals.com slash trek50 and use the code trek50 to get 50% off. Again, that's the code trek50 at factormeals.com slash trek50 to get 50% off. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Well, I got uh, one question to ask you, Adam. What's that, Ben? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda. The line from Shimoda to Emperor Aram, like, is pretty direct. Yeah. And I think it's the chaos agency that does it. Like, the hard thing is, is, like, I could never see Shimoda, like, committing genocide. <laughs> no, he's not and that so, kind like, of dude. And so to even associate the name Shimoda with uh, with the new emperor uh, troubles me deeply. Yeah. But uh, there's something about her ways that makes me draw that line. So I think I'm going to give the Shimoda to to Emperor Aram. What about you, Ben? I'm giving it to, uh, to Emperor Fuckboy. <laughs> and it is for that scene where he's just standing in, like, it would have been much easier for him not to be standing in that puddle of blood. But right. he is just standing right in it. Like, there's so much more floor space that doesn't have blood flowing over it. And uh, <laughs> somehow, like, 
like the uh just the the carefree attitude of somebody who's like i'm gonna step in something sticky i don't care i don't give a shit (laughs) that's uh that's really beautiful yeah god clearly not a dog owner i think (laughs) i think when you have a dog for a while you you really become more mindful than you've ever been about where you step right yeah both both for reasons relating to accidentally stepping on a dog which you don't want to do right or uh or accidentally stepping in their poop right there's always like a tail coming out from under the couch or a poo somewhere yeah you You know there's mention of terran empire kennels a few times like when emperor fuckboy threatens to feed the klingon meat to uh to the animals in those kennels what do you think a a mirror universe dog is like do you think they are not man's best friend <laughs> man's worst enemy yeah. uh, i don't know remember uh, remember that weird uh beast that that wharf had on the bridge that one time was that a yeah. was that a q thing was that a targ yeah oh it was that episode where like they they were like imagining their desires and the desires mm-hmm. were coming real yeah yeah and it was just like a uh just like a sheltie with a bunch of loaf on it. Yeah, they put a they put like a high lie uh, glove on, <laughs> on its face. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I love seeing the credit, the animal credits at the end of episodes and movies because yeah. the name is always like and introducing buttons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun stuff. Um, yeah, no animals harmed in the making of these comic books, Adam. No. Yeah, there's actually like a little bit of some through the mirror stuff that's that's tagged onto the end of this comic book. There's a little like preview of an episode, so yeah, it's pretty fun. This is not J.K. Woodward art, though. No, I, I don't know what I don't know what this is. Kristen Bayer has her hands full. Yeah, working busy, these books, working on lady. the shows. Yeah. All right, Adam. Well, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to do more of the greatest discovery. Anything we want to leave the people with, or should we just give it to Rob to take it from here? I think Rob knows how to how to close a show. Yeah, he sure does. Best in the biz. All right, Rob, you sort this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> Rob steps through the 16 inches of blood. <laughs> Greatest Discovery is a Maximum Fun podcast, hosted by Adam Pranica and Ben Harrison. It's produced and edited by me, Rob Schulte. Our music is by Adam Ragusia. Head on over to MaximumFun.org slash donate to support the ongoing production of this show, or you can leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find Ben on Twitter at BenjaminAHR. Adam is at Cut for Time, and I'm at Rob K. Schulte. We'll see you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.